All right, it appears we are on the air. Sesh, are you ready? I am ready, and my dog is excited. <laughs> okay. Maria, are you ready? Sure. All right, then. Then in five, four, three, two. Hello, all you spry tubers, twitchers, and pod people out there. Welcome to the Could You Do It Better podcast. We're filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and the behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh, and the writing and directing sensation known as Maria. Discuss popular television shows and movies and answer the always controversial question of, could you do it better? Today, we will be discussing the season one finale of Ryan Condal's House of the Dragon television series based upon George R.R. R. Martin's novel, Fire and Blood. And as for me, I'm Jonathan the Intern, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I'm much like Eric's the Dragon, slight in my accomplishments, skittish and unable to weather the storm, and viewers remember me as the one who gets devoured whole by our <laughs> Dragon Queens by episode's end. And now, to Sesh and Maria. Woo! Should I, should I have said spoiler warning before that? I'm, I'm not sure for anybody. At this point. All right. Well, as we said, this is the finale for season one of House of the Dragon. What will we end up deciding and ranking it? Who knows? Find out more inside. Spoiler warning. In this episode, we will be doing a detailed recap of episode 10 of the House of the Dragon TV series that will contain spoilers throughout. So if you haven't watched this episode and don't want to hear spoilers before you do, please feel free to put us on mute as you watch the episode, then re-watch our show afterwards, because that's how you double those view counts. And now, on to the recap, as mandated by our legal department. Open on the Dragonstone Wargaming table with reluctant Jace tentatively caressing the Driftmark piece, not wanting to be Prince of Tides. Ghost of Bayman's skewered head is wondering why he couldn't have said that just a couple episodes earlier. After a sweet bonding moment with his mom, in enters Rainus in full battle regalia, saying, It be Warren time. Uh, j just not for me, this outfit is simply uh, to be stylish. Damon and Rhaenyra spout lines of exposition at will, but angrily, which is too much for Rhaenyra as she is having difficulties with her latest pregnancy. Damon takes command of the war room, and morale is low, as not only are they outmanned and overmatched, but due to poor architectural layout, the birthing room is adjacent to it, causing a 20% dip in Zillow expected value. <laughs> in the throes of labor, Rhaenyra tells her Luke and Jace of the king's death, the usurpation of the throne, and that Damon has gone crazy because he went in the adjacent room to lead their army from the oncoming attack instead of, say... Not in letting everyone perish? <laughs> Rhaenyra's final words to Luke, do nothing, which pretty much encapsulates this show. Damon gets the Kingsguard to swear fealty to Rhaenyra and Jace as the rightful king under threat of dragonfire, while in yet another graphic birthing scene, Rhaenyra has a stillbirth. stillbirth. There's no pithy joke here. My heart goes out to anyone watching this who has had to deal with a similar loss during pregnancy and were forced to relive it in the scene unnecessarily. Now, back to the normal recap. 
Rhaenyra is obviously inconsolable as they hold the funeral. Sir Eric, with an E, interrupts to pledge his allegiance, returning her rightful crown. All but Rhaenys kneel as her battle armor simply doesn't allow that kind of movement. <laughs> Over to the gaming war table, where they show just how much better your D&D campaign can be with lights. <laughs> Extended war strategy discussion showing some strained relations between Rainier and Damon as both try to show their authority on the matter. They are interrupted by Otto and his fleet of merry men, presenting Rainier a keepsake from her childhood, with Alison claiming there's still love there, and for peace and love and harmony's sake to bend the Nite God and live happily ever after, or bloodshed. <laughs> Damon rightfully declares to kill the treasonous Otto, but Rainier is like, nah, we still have a couple more seasons to milk out of that character, let him go. <laughs> Back to the war room where Damon and Rhaenyra are at major disagreement. Damon wishes to kill the High Towers with dragons. However, Rhaenyra says no, because that'll destroy everything and offers no other plan. Damon openly opposes her and is told to stay after class. And when Rhaenyra tells him she can't attack this way because her dad told her how season eight of Game of Thrones would end, <laughs> Damon chokes her out and leaves in disgust, which is par for the course reaction. Over to a fireside chat with a still alive Corliss and Rhaenys, discussing how Corliss is a deadbeat dad and absentee father. Corliss is like, you're right. I think I'll retire now. I get to keep lying in this bed, right? And Rhaenys, like every good wife, is like, oh, hell nah. You need to go out and make a living and be present for your family. You ain't watching no game tonight. On cue, Corliss enters the war room with the gate of King Viserys the Undying takes a quick assessment of the situation and says, uh, we don't have enough men or enough allies to take the throne. Rhaenyra responds, let's not be hasty now. There's still those people in the Eyrie who Damon pissed off by killing their princess. Oh yeah, and that family way up north who were prophesized by my dad to be allies with us in a hundred years because they'll eventually have a secret type Targaryen love child with <laughs> one of our grandchildren left on the board. And Corliss responds, Good lord! I just returned from getting a carton of milk and a pack of cigarettes for this? I'd need to be near blackout drunk to even consider such a lost cause. He sees his middle grandchildren scooch into frame. Damn it. Fetch me the whiskey. All of it. Rhaenyra sends Jace to convince the Vale and the Starks to join their cause and Luke to the Baratheons to do the same. Well, this seems set up for failure. Uh, written at that exact moment, by the way. I didn't see any future of the episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, Damon goes on his important dragon-singing mission, trying to find a tenor for his barbershop quartet. Luke arrives in Storm's End to find Aemon and his much bigger dragon have already arrived. Unsurprisingly, Lord Boros Baratheon tells Luke to go home, as he has nothing to offer. However, Aemon disagrees and wishes Luke offer an eye that he can gift his mother. Lord Boris states, not here. Do you know how much of a pain it is to remove a bloodstain from stone? Luke runs back to his dragon. The storm is now raging. Luke takes off, but Aemon is in pursuit close behind. We have a full-on dragon chase. Luke flies through a narrow passageway for cover. Aemon laughs maniacally. Luke launches a surprise attack and Dracarys's Aemon's dragon, who brushes it off like nothing. Luke flies over the storm into the sunlight. Did he escape? 
no, of course not. This is Game of Thrones. Aemon's dragon eats him and his dragon in one quick bite. Aemon shockingly seems dismayed by this. Over to Dragonstone, where Damon picked the short straw to tell Rhaenyra her son was killed. In the deafening silence, Rhaenyra's face fills with rage. Fire up the battle hymn and batten down the hatches, boyos. We're going to war. End season one. This episode is brought to you by Fireside Gaming and Lighting, LLC. You're a serious gamer. You've got a game room packed to the brim with board games, and that's not even mentioning that whole other room of a Ferrari's worth of Kickstarter games you purchased that still have never been played. But no matter what lighting you've used for your Parthenon of tables, handcrafted with the finest redwood trees and ink and gold insects, whether overhead, LED, or dim, you still can't get that proper dark atmosphere to stage the perfect owlbear ambush. <laughs> well, here at Fireside Gaming and Lighting LLC, we custom design a network of trows and burning embers to underlight your table, giving it that perfect glow in the darkness. So whether you're playing your latest campaign of Gloomhaven or KDM and in need of the perfect mood lighting, or simply in need of a convenient place to chuck that box of Catan and the person who suggested it, <laughs> Fireside Gaming and Lighting is for you. That's Fireside Gaming and Lighting, where we fire up your gaming. Back to you, <laughs> Sash and Maria. Yes. Well, I guess we should get started. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And thank you. Thank you, Legal, for that recap. That was, that was outstanding. I'll be purchasing some of that fire to light my table. Anyway, number one, another traumatizing birth. Was showing the soul-crushing stillbirth of Renera's baby important for the story? What is the writer trying to establish thematically with all these horrible birth situations? Um, Sesh, you want to get us started? Sure. Uh, I think I found it absolutely pointless and irrationally cruel. Uh, the showrunners really wanted to emphasize that she's a woman and this is a thing women go through and that she is just like her mom, despite the only thing that's actually been established with her as a character consistently is that her battlefield is not the birthing room. Oh, but now it is. Uh, so the, the more I think about it, the more I hate it. Um, it, it would have been more dramatic too. I feel if she had remained pregnant while heading into this war, it would have given Damon more justification for the way he was taking over um, for protecting her and the unborn baby from the stress of everything, um, especially in the chauvinistic way he did it, which we haven't seen him treat her like that before, not that I recall, um, which uh, once again, he is consistently inconsistent. Um, I, I'm pissed at Damon also. I did it. He didn't give a crap about the baby. He could have had all the same lines and same actions even, but if he had it directed differently, where we could have actually seen the pain and loss that he was also going through, it would have been so much more impactful. But again, nope. Back to shit-ass Damon being like that. Um, so e even though this baby was, you know, it was his with the woman he's always wanted. 
Um, and we, even with us establishing that he's not really an attentive dad, I feel like he could have cared more. Um, they even made this birth more upsetting with what they portrayed. Uh, it's, it's all worse than what they did in episode one. It's just like simple mindedly mirroring something doesn't make it good. Uh, especially when it misses the entire point of the character and adds nothing to the story. Like Ray Ray lost two children this episode and I'm not going to be surprised if one of these children is never mentioned again. Like that's how pointless this, they made it in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better, Sesh. Uh, this, this one honestly upsets me as there seems to be absolutely no reason for it based on the rest of the episode. You know, I, I wanted to give the show the benefit of the doubt that maybe this event would completely change Rainer's mindset or demeanor, or that she'd be so inconsolable and grieving that she would be unable to make important decisions at this time. And this would be a major plot point in the episode because you need to make major decisions at the time. And it was just bad timing, bad luck, bad whatever you want to call it, you know? But, but no, it happens in graphic fashion and the episode just goes on and acts like nothing even happened by midway through the episode. I, I thought the scene was gratuitous, uh, completely unnecessary, and would deeply, deeply, deeply be traumatic to anyone who has ever gone through a similar loss of child through stillbirth or miscarriage, or someone who is currently even carrying child. Yes, being a woman in this world is very difficult and childbirth is very risky, but there is absolutely no need to show such disturbing birthing scenes gone bad week after week after week. Um, it, it's absolutely depraved to show this, especially with no deeper meaning. Um, and if this is the way House of the Dragon is going about trying to one-up Game of Thrones violence and gore, I, I'm completely disgusted by it. I, I, I thought this was absolutely infuriating stuff. Um, I, I don't know, Maria, you want to put a bow on this or did you see it a little bit different? Uh, well, I saw it, I, I, I was trying to be a little understanding to some degree i was very mad i'm very hurt but I, i'm trying to figure out from their perspective a little bit so i can see that the show is illustrating consistently a false hope birth situation where what should have been life winds up being death um that theme of growth being cut off or strangled before it even has a chance but why is it to show the growing rage that she will eventually switch Rhaenyra from a peaceful ruler to a bloodthirsty one, is the level of trauma the audience has to go through worth that character shift? Uh, I suppose I have to wait three years to find that out. But however, uh, my initial thoughts on this are that the weight the trauma bears on the audience does not match the weight of the character's choices and evolution. I think that is largely the fault of too many time skips. To stop at every point in time that there is a tragic birth without showing us the other seasons and the different characters' lives feels too heavy-handed and fear-mongering. Uh, I'm sitting here weeping as she wraps her child and angry I am being put through this again and again for little character payoff. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th I think that's well said by everybody on the show. I will do a quick look to the audience just to see if anybody's talking about this. Um, no, not at this time, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't really understand the scene based off of what follows it. So um, 
anyway, we'll move on yeah. to, to, to better questions. So our next question is, uh, how should Renera have greeted Otto? How would you have handled your crown being usurped? Jonathan, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the, the simple answer here is you cut the head off the snake. Um, you know he's the one controlling Alcent and calling the shots, so his death would be a major loss to the crown, as it would force Aegon and Alcent to take control and respond. And considering neither are the brains of the operation, this should be a major advantage for you. And I'm not saying this is like, a, you know, fourth wall type thing. You know, uh, this is obvious. I mean, Rhaenyra has seen it all along. Alison just goes along with things. You know, Aegon's a maniac and uh, everything is controlled by her dad, you know. And uh, that said, uh, I think there may be a better answer here, uh, which is take him prisoner and then send a letter to Alison saying that her father has been speaking treasonous things against the will of King Viserys and the proper line of succession, which falls to uh, princess and heir to the throne, Rhaenyra, upon the king's passing, uh, in a devious attempt to usurp the throne. As you still have warm feelings for Alicent and believed her words claiming you as rightful heir to the throne uh, for Alicent um, uh, uh, to the throne, um, which, by the way, Elson said directly in front of King Viserys only two days prior, you expect her to immediately repute all of her dad is claiming and to immediately concede any aspirations for the crown. Then offer her back her father in exchange for him forever being exiled from King's Landing, along with terms that you will respect Alicent and her children's position in court as agreed to by the wishes of King Viserys innumerable times over the past 10 years. Or else, Queen Rhaenyra would have no other option than to treat Alicent, her father, and her children's actions as treason. Also, if you choose this route, I'd purposely be talking about strategic plans in just barely enough range of earshot such that you feed Otto fake information that will lead to their downfall. Make sure you do your first actions exactly as stated, such that he believes the info he has is good, then plan with the next one by rerouting the main fleet and dragon attacks to ensure a major strategic victory and crippling defeat at the high towers, because let's be honest, Otto is a dumb player of the game who thinks he's smarter than he is. Clap, clap. Uh, you basically said what I was going to say. I mean, but way better. <laughs> you know, I think it's sweet that Renera wants to give Otto a chance, and she's even pretty chill about calling what he is doing treason. She's like, oh, you're such a treasonous person. Uh, anyway, <laughs> however, when someone wants to kill you and usurp your throne, having a nice chat and saying you think about it is not the best way to survive such a situation, let alone become a ruler. I only see two real options. One, light Otto up, or two, because I am peaceful, throw them in the dungeons and let Allison know out of her own good heart she did not kill her traitorous father. I am unclear as to exactly how big Otto's army is, but if he is the one making all the alliances, he needs to be taken out of the equation. So, same thing that you said, basically. I, I, I like that, though. You know, a little tea and crumpets afterwards. I mean, she was you, so chill about it. It was weird. <laughs> you are a traitor. No to tea. <laughs> He's like, duh. <laughs> what do you think, Sash? Uh, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can kind of. Um, 
I mean, honestly, she handled it like mostly well. Um, I mean, I was of course hoping she would have handled this scene different than last time when she was on this bridge. And actually, maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe burn them or do something, <laughs> contrasting how different things are all these years later. Um, and, like, honestly, yeah, she should have made some kind of move here. And I love your as a suggestion of, like, him being captured. Uh, I think that 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 would have been the move. That would have been great. That would have been perfect. Um, uh, but, I mean, I, I guess outside of that and her being smart, um and strong. I I am happy to see that she is capable of keeping the peace again, like she did last time. Um, because it's it's taken a long time uh, for me to find her likable as a character, um, <laughs> um, especially with the way she's been. But in this episode, um, you know, like she made Rainus like her, which makes me like her too. Uh, so smart would have been better, uh, but likable is okay, and keeping the peace is a likable thing to do um i mean ray 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 really should have been more stern though um like even if she didn't take them uh hostage in any way or capture them uh she should have warned them that um that uh this is an act of war and they could just swoop in with their dragons and take things she could have left them with a message like oh that child could sit on the throne until i return as queen you know um and then this is the last time, you know, you'll see me where I restrain my dragons. So, I mean, I guess that, that piece of paper, that page from that one book was a bigger deal than I remember. But, you know, <laughs> thanks, random recap. Uh, yeah, isn't, isn't, the, isn't that the best? You know, when you have strained relations with someone and then, you know, 15 years later, they return a little trinket from their childhood and be like, oh, weren't we so great friends now? So please acquiesce to all my demands and wills. It's like... That would have made me angrier. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you serious? you threw away. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, yeah, this reminds me of when you, uh, I don't know, married my dad the next day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so pointless too. Like, I mean, I know I'm, I'm riffing here a little bit, but it's so pointless because what did that scene accomplish? Like, oh, she's you know a little gentle towards Allison, and then we know what happens by the end of the episode where that's totally mute. Like, there is there's not going to be any of that left. So this scene actually didn't do anything because we just reset it. Where like it doesn't matter that she has some soft feelings for her. Ugh, this is annoying. Even though I like the episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question is, is Queen Ray Ray's belief in the Song of Ice and Fire boiling down to fairy tales like Damon thinks, or is she making sound careful decisions for the realm? Is that she want to get us started? Yeah, because I'm so mad. And this makes me, this is, I'm so mad about this. This is stupid. <laughs> this stupid thing that doesn't come into play for over a hundred years and is never anything Daenerys even mentions in Game of Thrones is brought up again in this series. It's so, it's, it's painfully dumb and it's so shoehorned in. It's, that's the thing I hate them. Oh, we lost Sush for a second there. Yeah, yeah. She was ranting so hard, she Wait, broke back, the internet. Back. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Mary does not need to believe in this stupid foreshadowing fairy tale slash fever dream to have a desire to keep peace in the realm. Like, what the actual heck? And that stupid line that she's surprised Damon hasn't heard of it? When would he have? When did she ever hear about it except that one time we saw 
when she was 14. <laughs> it felt like she felt being told of this tale and she already knew her dad told her as heir, which we all knew Damon was never going to be the heir. I just, I mean, props to the actors, but it's so dumb. Like, I have think somebody will say something stupid, like, just, oh God, like, oh, never, never, never name a Targaryen woman, Dra Daenerys, it's a mad name, or <laughs> what's told the Starks will sit on the throne, and just stupid things that are just shoved down our throats, and they're so unnecessary, and it's just like, hey guys, remember that thing <laughs> from, from the thing this is? I, I just, I, I, hate, I hate it so much. I really wish they would never bring it up again, and I'm so disappointed it came up again. Uh, this is the third time, and I hate it. I hate it every time, even more every time. It <laughs> I, I want to say, I, if I remember, I, and it's been a while, but in Game of Thrones, like uh, there was, I think they called her Maggie the Frog. She was like the oh, witch who yeah, Cersei yeah. went to. And she told the prophecy and her like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What is this going to mean? Like, sure. you know, where's this going? And then they never followed up on it. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> this is where it's like, no, but the prophecy, the prophecy, the prophecy. And it's like, I, I, I even so, I, I don't know, like <laughs> that issue seems so moot at this point. It is Can sweet. I, I <laughs> I mean, I think it's sweet that she has such a strong loyalty to her dad that she cares about a prophecy, you know, that isn't relevant to her current situation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even so, like, okay, that might happen later. I, don't, I think David is making a good point that she has to wake up and see she's in real danger and get her head out of the fantasy books. I am not sure why he had to demean her by strangling her at the same time. I mean, I feel like they're trying to, on one hand... Yeah make David look wiser than everyone, and on the other hand, randomly cruel. This is yep. another case where I think you can't have two conflicting character traits in one person simultaneously. <laughs> if he has wisdom and wants to yep. help her, even being frustrated with her, his wisdom and love would not bring him to strangle her. If he is not wise, but rather just bloodthirsty and only wants to fight, then maybe, yes, his behavior makes sense, but he would then be a lot more fiery and less level-headed in war plans as well. Things just don't match up right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it makes a little sense. I mean, let, let's give the benefit of the doubt, all right? Let's assume the prophecy is real, okay? And Rhaenyra is doing a deep, deep, deep dive into that, okay? In that case, there are multiple different paths to ensure that a realm is undivided and strong. And one of the best ways of doing so is by rooting out and destroying the opposition and dissidents, because that unites everybody and gets out the troublemakers. But we'll forget that for just a little bit. That gives you three major options. One, you can simply kneel in allegiance and give up your claim to the throne along with your offspring and hope they don't kill you in the middle of the night anyways. Uh, but... Of course, this means you can't actually act or prepare for this prophecy, even if it's true. So you'll have to just wish, I guess, that everything will work out as fated since, oh, well, it's a prophecy. Or, okay, that's option one. Two, you can ask your opposition to instead kneel in allegiance and give up all claim to the throne to you. Of course, they likely won't actually accept this. So... I know, shocking, shocking. But then that brings up point number three. 
You can kill your opposition, root out those dissidents as quickly and strategically as possible, and yes, that includes flying a dragon straight into King's Landing and flame broiling Queen Alicent, Otto, Aegon, and Aemon and call it a day. You know, option three makes the most sense to keep a united and happy realm while also trying to ensure the prophecy can be met. But this sit-and-do-nothing plan while your son gets murdered? Yeah, yeah, that, that's peace, love, and, and fairy tales right there. And, you know, when your dad is like, this is super important, this writing on this, on this dagger here that I'm going to tell you once, and then I'll say again, right as I'm dying, there's darkness growing in the north. That's not even oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Cool. I'll I'll keep my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd consider that, right? If I'm even considering that, I'd be like, wait, there's darkness in the north. I think that means that we can't go ahead and treat the Starks or the Vale as allies because they're up there right. in the north. Yeah. You know, they're probably going to commit treason and divide no, the realm. Clearly, he was talking about ice zombies. Duh. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Maybe just fungus. Uh, it's just, oh, it frustrates me so much because it's, it does that, the thing that the prequel thing does that I hate is that it not only, it just doesn't fit in with where it's at. It's not foreshadowing, but it also ruins it if you do like actually watch it in order like a prequel has to be able to be good enough in a way where you can watch it out of order and you actually like, watch the prequel first and then it's still good and still is its own thing and then just adds to the story later this doesn't do that and it kind of ruins crap later like we didn't really know how important the north was it was such a a background yeah yeah, and we have we have two we we have two comments from uh, viewers uh, that are agreeing uh, with our take on this one. We have Bear uh, UNLV saying um, it's so odd how they mirror the first few episodes just to do nothing with it. Which yeah, absolutely. And Rebel Warren going ahead and saying the prophecy is not even in the book. I bet it was only put there to connect it to the Game of Thrones series. Which makes perfect sense, and I thank you for saying that, Warren, because uh, that is the only connection that, that that we actually saw in this. It, it's so silly. We're Targaryen. We don't need anything else. <laughs> All right. Well, our next question of the evening: Does Boros have a point that Queen Ray Ray needs to bring offerings instead of depending on oaths? Is there anything that you could have done better to win him over as Luke? I'll start with this one. I, I think the queen should have done more homework over the past few years. Uh, she is operating from knowledge she gained about all these men from over 10 years ago. She needed to have been maintaining relationships with all the leaders of the realm over the years if she was really planning on being the next ruler. To have such little understanding of how Boros would respond to her child was disastrous to say the least. Luke was way too young to be sent on a political mission. However, if I was Luke, I would have probably ran the second I saw the other dragon already there. But if I did decide to go in and Boros is asking what's in it for him, I would say, I'm just a messenger, but the queen is eager to discuss what your needs may be, uh, land-wise or marriage-wise. Let me know your wishes and I will send them to her right away. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with a lot of what you said there, uh, Maria. I, I like it. Um, and I'll start off while saying, well, Viserys had many failings as king. 
I think one of the biggest was not spending more time with Rhaenyra in getting to know and understand the motivations of the lords and ladies pledging loyalty to them. Like he never spent a moment of that based off of what we saw in the series. Um, she made a simple assumption that oaths would be followed just because the king or heir apparent commanded, because she was never really taught how those oaths came to fruition in the first place. And this mirrors her own obstinacy when it came to finding a suitor and strengthening her house. Yes, she did eventually uh, wed Lenor Valerian, but she never learned the deeper why, as shown by her never bearing children with him or strengthening her support and allies for the eventual crown. So when she just sends her kids off with letters telling the lords to remember their oaths, she somewhat unknowingly gave them little chance to appeal to those lords. If I were Luke, I would have asked why the Baratheon house made an oath to us. And upon hearing that that had to do with a marriage resulting in the birth of Rhaenys, I would have tried appealing on that level. I would have also asked what Boros is like in terms of temperament and who he is as a person and the Baratheon house. And if I were told he was brash, illiterate, and that he rules by strength and power, I would have immediately told Rhaenyra that a new plan is needed. <laughs> To win Boros over, you'd need to convey strength and offer him similar strength, whether through marriage to a second son, as Aemond offered, or by offering a prolific position on the council and land rights over either Hightower, if you really wanted to swing out of the park, or neighboring lands that have defected to join the usurper. Then remind him that Rhaenys of Baratheon blood has kept her oath to the true heir to the throne, and the Baratheon house will only be made more powerful by recommitting to the oath they made. Then, without waiting for much of a response, give him a list of nearby rival lord territories who have defected and tell him to send a raven if he finds these terms acceptable in remembering the family's oath. Then leave while marching out the door with an entourage, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. going to bring up another point later in our next question. So I didn't go into too much detail here with why the entourage, but I'll, I'll explain that in, in, a, in a little bit. I have an idea yep. of that. Yeah. Name, I think. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Yeah, actually, I, 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 absolutely. Like every single point you guys are making, I completely agree with. You see that dragon, you leave, you add to the message. You say, nope, we should talk about it. I got a message for me to pass along. Just, everything should have been done different with this. Um, I, I think he did kind of have a good point. Um, like besides the sexism in the realm, from his perspective, um, as we really established in the war room, it's it's a difficult battle. I you know looking at it, like you don't really know actually what side is going to win. Like it's hard to pick a side, and if it's about survival, you're gonna pick the side that you want that that's going to win more so than what you want um like all these other houses are going to go with what's you know not going to get them all killed because it's war it's not just you know oh yeah, yeah yeah sure i'm i'm loyal but now it's time to fight um yeah I, like the um as for like the others like we had known if we had known this character at all prior to the meeting, then I'd have a better idea of what would have actually been a good offer for him. Like if there was any time, like we just got any insight. Uh, technically, you know, we know them as the character should have this insight, but we don't know it. So like, and so we have no idea what to expect there. Um, but yeah, like definitely, I mean, uh, he should have had something to offer. 
like other than just a reminder of honor because again it's it's war people are gonna be dying you know <laughs> like anything like a, a future dragon guarding their land or like the the husband or wife or somebody since that basically seems like a housewarming gift to these people <laughs> um, <laughs> like a messenger the just the messenger with no follow-up it was such a half thought and just it yeah everything happened because of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That leads us to our next question. Whose fault was Luke's death? Um, I'm going to start with that. Unless, did you want to say something? First? Um, no, you can start. Go okay. ahead. I am sad to say this, but I feel like Rhaenyra sent her son to his death. Um, she is fighting for rulership of the realm and knows that the Greens are out to kill her family. So she sends her youngest out there on the smallest dragon they have into a den of wolves. I was shocked by that decision, um, commenting the whole time about why the heck she's weakening her position by sending her fledglings into danger. This is so heartbreaking. I think it comes from just lack of experience and maturity on her part. She has not had a chance to really fight her own battles and has had everything her way for most of her life. In her mind, people will play by the old rules and cater to her like they have done in the past. She has had no concept of what real danger and stakes are, but thinks if she behaves as her dad did, everything will work itself out. Now that she has lost her baby boy, she will most likely go on a war path. But hopefully she will learn that everyone is in it for themselves, and the concepts of oaths, swearing, and bending the knee are more for pomp and circumstance and are not, at the end of the day, but will sway people to her side. I think Damon needs lessons in nonviolent communication because he could have helped her think through her choices better and possibly prevented this disaster. Um, the council she's working with seemed like a bunch of yes men and it was just heartbreaking to see like, wow, this is, this is what a spoiled child would do thinking, oh, he's just this way and he's just that way from her 15 year old mind remembering Oh, that earring guy. Yeah, he'll bow to my son. Like, really? <laughs> that was frustrating. Really frustrating. Yeah, I, I'm going to expand a little bit. Um, because to me, the first name that, that did come to mind in a lot of ways was Viserys. Um, as not only did he create a line of succession issue that leads to animosity, violence, and multiple claims for the throne, but also because, as I said earlier, he did a truly terrible job of preparing Rhaenyra to deal diplomatically with the other houses. If Rhaenyra even remotely knew what the Baratheon house was like and what motivates them, she almost certainly never would have sent Luke. Or if she did, she would have sent an entourage in better terms. Um, you know, because you need to protect him. Both Rhaenyra and Luke were woefully unprepared to deal with the possibility of such an adverse circumstance. And as well, and this is, this is where I was leading from before, Rhaenyra, who uh, is to blame as well, because she ultimately made the decision completely ignoring that Otto told her the crown was reaching out to the Baratheons and the Vale and the Starks for that matter. This should have informed her of a high likelihood of danger and a possible altercation. It is idiotic of her to think that making her children swear to just run away instead of fight will keep them safe if the opponent is doing all they can to kill them, which quite frankly should be what she 
should have known at this point because she was warned as much um, that they were coming for her. Reynas flew as fast as she could to say, listen, they're going to kill you all. Um, and when Otto says, hey, you either bend the knee or we kill you, um, and we're reaching out to all these other houses on the board, you you can't just ignore that. You know, she really showed her, her naivety and lack of strategic knowledge here and it resulted in the death of her son, you know, and, and it's, it's sad. And, you know, that, that said, blaming the victims in this scenario, while true, it, it is harsh, you know, but really it's Otto's designs and schemes and Allison's willingness to take part in them that caused all of these problems, as well as Eamon's desire for vengeance, despite the supposed fair trade, as he called it, of his eye for a dragon. While the Targaryens are at fault for naivety, gullibility, and weakness, the Hightowers are to blame for deviousness, scheming treason, and multiple counts of murder solely to unnaturally improve their positions. And I, I will say one thing from my understanding from the book is that Allison was a willing participant in everything. Wow. Okay. And the second thing is, is that Aemond uh, was at the very least trying to torture um, uh, uh, Luke, but in reality, it seems like it's written that he went out to purposely basically kill him. Oh, really? So, so yeah. So I understand maybe they're trying to add more drama here to the Hightower house, but uh, I don't see why that's necessary here. I think uh, viewers don't need to say, oh, but you know, maybe they didn't intend this. Maybe they're not to blame. Like, I mean, come on. Still the blame. It, 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 it just seems unnecessarily complicating things for no no reason. Wow, that, that was really well said. Wow. And just wow. What yeah. do you think, Sash? Yeah, both, <laughs> both of you, that, that, that's, I, I completely agree. It's like, it's Ray Ray's fault. It's the King's fault. It's everyone's uh, all of these people and all of these things and all of these choices uh down to just the last choice of you know sending the smallest child on the smallest dragon after being told these people are being reached out to so they might not already be allies like you're assuming they are um so yeah i mean it's, it's boris and ray ray I'm, i i started with just them but i definitely agree with you with everything um like this death was really broadcasted. Um, everything practically told us that it was going to happen or something huge was going to go wrong. Um, it was not smart to just send a little messenger as they did without any protection when they are specifically sending that little messenger as that's the somebody who is in line for the throne. Uh, it, it really should have been thought out more from Ray Ray and her council too. Uh, um, so now why I say uh, Boros is because when he said not in here then what happened off screen he goes kill each other in the yard outside <laughs> wait did nobody hold anyone back where where did he disappear off to how did he get on his dragon first like what happened right there yeah. why weren't you know hey keep the peace we're not starting worries you see here we're just you know okay obviously this, this little boy like there is no way he wasn't complicit in this uh even by neglect <laughs> like uh, like especially after the threats and he just allowed the, he just allowed his knights to let them both leave at the same time like he is responsible too for like leaving them unattended and then to go 
fight it out on their dragons. Like just, yeah, it, all of it was going to happen with everything that was broadcasted and led to this. One, one thing that I will say with, with Borofs that, that I will try and defend him a little bit is he is in a bad situation here as a Lord as he has to pick between two houses that are warring at each other. Um, and he has to select who the winner is without getting really the ire of the other up um, as much as possible. For as strong and as brash as he is, he can only say, you aren't killing each other here. You want to go ahead and kill each other? Go ahead and do it, just not here. I, I, I don't want any of this in, in my house. You know, I don't want to be responsible I, for it. I mean, he could offer, yeah. he could offer, he could request Eamon's like don't dinner. Do it Sure. He just said, "Why don't we have some dinner, Raymond? I have mutton." <laughs> That's or true. That's yeah. true. You Why know? don't we speak it out? Why don't we wait? Why don't you know? Look at this Why cake. don't we wait till morning to leave? Like it's just—it's so obvious that they were going to kill each other the first. Or, yeah, well, not each other, <laughs> but it's so obvious <laughs> somebody was going to kill somebody the first chance they got. Yeah. And it just—he just completely let it happen, which, like, yeah, he chose his side, but like, why are you going to do it like that? You know, I, I, it's just. I think he, I think he might have done it because his e let it happen because his ego was hurt by the approach that the queen had with Luke. Like he's just like it's very cold because wow, you disrespect me this this much. Whatever, Luke. Whatever happens, you happens is not my business. I think they just didn't rate it well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the dragon was already gone before he was out there. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I know. It's like, a very good point. <laughs> like. <laughs> There's a scene missing somewhere, I think. I don't know. Like it just felt more like that. <laughs> I I will say too, it it's usually a pretty good idea not to uh anger the person with like the giant dragon that's just like yeah. right there at your front door. But that's still. actually a good point too. Yeah, that's true. Because he could have just lit Boros' place on fire for a good point. Um uh yeah. question number six. Rest in peace, Luke. You were so cute. Um, bonus showrunner question. Director Miguel Sapochnik stated that the crown being taken from Renera by Allison, seemingly for no reason, sends her into a chaotic spiral. Is that how you interpreted her actions this episode? Jonathan, you must start us off. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I don't think I heard that correctly. Like, sometimes... Sometimes I wonder if the showrunners and I are watching the same episode. First of all, <laughs> no, no, this usurpation didn't come out of nowhere or for no reason. This has been in place for the past 13 plus years since Viserys and Allison wed and had children. Rhaenyra has spoken about this issue at length with her dad multiple times. And she herself knows of and spoke out about Otto's deviousness and his terrible counsel. Even her character isn't confused about how this happened or why it came to be. Second, what chaotic spiral are you talking about? <laughs> the chaotic spiral of complete inaction in an attempt to avoid all-out war in the kingdom? I mean, quite frankly, this was the most docile and even-keeled Rhaenyra has been in any episode. And not by a small margin, by a gigantic margin. I have no idea how the showrunner got any idea of this from the, the episode or the series as a whole. Or if that's what he wanted. 
then this show missed that mark so badly, it would be like calling The Shining a treatise on having tremendous self-control and restraint and reaching a state of meditation and zen. <laughs> true, 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 true. This means that our viewing audience had to have watched The Shining. But safe to say, if you if you haven't, uh, if you've ever heard the phrase, here's Johnny, that, that's, that's, that's where it comes from. So. Oh boy! Oh my! Um, yeah, this, oh, at all, she was rightfully stressed, um, and you know, like sadly, like losing her baby. But she was the furthest from chaotic that she's ever been. Like, what the heck are they talking about? Does they mean Damon? Like, even he wasn't so crazy for him. <laughs> like, this is the most stressful time in her life. But she is actually being mature and, as Raidenus said, um, fighting for peace when everyone in the room with her is counseling her to be bloodthirsty and go to war. Like, there is no spiral here <laughs> at all. She was level-headed this whole episode, if not even a little bit more kind than I was expecting with how she handled the bridge stuff. I, yeah, what the heck? What, what, what episode are they talking about? Did they clip they grab the wrong clips. <laughs> There's no chaotic spiral here. Nothing at all. Not even, not a bit. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. The episode, she, this episode, she seemed to be the most focused and level-headed I've ever seen. Yet, yes, I mean, there was chaos all around her, but she was staying focused on maintaining peace and finding out all the facts the best way she knew how. I think her choices were ill-advised mm -hmm. and came from the lack of experience yeah. and a lifetime of being spoiled, but not from chaotic actions. Yep. Watching her see she is backed by Uranus gave her a new lung of confidence and self-respect that focused her even more on how to tactfully deal with the issues being flung at her. Everything else in uh, chaos while she has the calm at the center. I'm saddened by the loss of Luke and what that will do to her. I mean, I hope to see her grow into a complex character, not just one that is bloodthirsty from grief, or all of this buildup is kind of a waste. It's like, yes, yeah. if you if you poke a person long enough, they're going to be angry and bloodthirsty. That's just a simple storyline. But I'd like to see her actually grow into a real woman. Yeah, really well said. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, so we have two questions uh, from our viewing audience. This is from Warren. Was it a smart decision for Ray Ray to send her children to do a job that Damon and Rainus should be doing? They have better knowledge and a more commanding presence. Yeah, they would have been so much better. They would have been so much better in absolutely every single way. <laughs> um, I, I'm saying, I'm thinking yes and no to this. Um, I understand the importance of, of your sons, basically putting them out there and saying, uh, hey, this is me, this is who you're fighting for, you know, but they actually have to be prepared for that, um, which she didn't do. So that that is that is unfortunate. Um, Rainus, I like that idea, um, so long as you think that you can trust her. Um, Damon, oh boy, um, he's an interesting option because I could see him uh, being very persuasive uh, to Boros Baratheon in a way that only he knows how. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it is 
true that the high towers, whoever they sent, would be very unwilling to mess with him um, uh, uh, in that house. And I mean, I am sure that his uh, <laughs> that rumors of Damon being like a complete crazed maniac and like a uh, absolute uh, warrior on the on the battlefield would probably. Uh, be good for Bor Boros, but I mean, he's a big time wild card. Like you can't trust what he does or what he says, and you absolutely cannot send him uh, to the Eerie uh, uh, or to the Starks uh, because uh, of their alliances that they've had. I mean, and he basically pissed their entire army off. So I understand possibly sending your son uh, to the Starks and the Vale, um, I do, uh, but I, you know, you have to, you have to send send a group there. Uh, but Rainus, yeah, I, I think sending Rainus to the Baratheons probably would have been the best option. That's so tough because I think he, you know, he is a wild card, but I think he, you know, uh, it's so hard because he's so inconsistent as a character. But I think as a relationship, she could have said don't cause trouble and he actually would have avoided causing trouble because we've seen him hold back before lots of times yeah I, I think it brings up a point of it was kind of weird to me that she was so dismissive of Damon the entire time like oh Damon's just a lunatic in another in the other room when he's just trying to strategize yeah like mm -hmm. and then ignore like outside of the strangling thing which is weird the everything else it seemed like you know maybe listen to him maybe include him in this situation because he's the only one thinking at this point everybody else is just working for her you know and it was just kind of like maybe she just really wanted to desperately prove that she could be the one making decisions but that didn't go well yeah yeah good points um, all right, next question uh, from the audience. What do y'all think of the decision to have Eamon accidentally kill Luke instead of intentionally killing him? I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a poor decision um, based off of how they set up the character. Uh, to me, it doesn't make sense from a character standpoint all that much. Like, yeah, you can play the role of, oh, he just wanted to bully him. He didn't want to actually kill him. Um, or he wanted to torture him, you know, just such to, to get back at him. But at the same time, I do think that it makes more sense based off of uh, the book's version, uh, which is just that, yeah, he'd kill him whatever chance he had because that's one less opposition. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, I just, I'm frustrated. They're basically just turning him into a mini Damon where he's really inconsistent. Um, mm -hmm. I've kind of felt like he's sort of like, really smart like mm -hmm. secretly very smart and besides you know right after his dragon ride when he was younger he's he's just pushed the line but he's never really gone over it before so it's kind of felt consistent but then they kind of make it inconsistent because it's like him asking for the eye there is like yeah, yeah like they, they're just kind of being inconsistent with him it, it feels like like i like the idea if you if I had confidence that they would actually make him a, a good person later on, further down the line in the series, and that they were capable of actually having a case in this thing, character, I really like the idea that it was an accident. 
but I don't think they can. I don't think they're capable of doing that without having <laughs> fumbled that with so many of these characters that I think it, it doesn't matter whatever either way. Like, oh, this will be an accident one day, and then the next day he'll be all like partying that he killed him. Yeah. Like that's what that's what we're gonna see him next, and yeah. it's just gonna be inconsistent again. This is gonna be another inconsistent character. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I kind of liked the look on his face after it happened because it kind of sh- it kind of showed like oh this is real mm. oh my actions i'm not a kid anymore i'm oh yeah no messing around now <laughs> i'm in deep trouble i need to be something now this is not good i kind of like that i th- felt like it did add some dimension to it but it didn't show that he's a good person or that he has any good in him at this point, more just I done messed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good take. Yeah, it's not a little baby fight anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. But, yeah, I would love to see him actually be a good character. Yeah. But I don't think we'll get that. One more question and then we'll go to our ratings, which is uh, should Corliss and Rainus have cited with Ray Ray, even if they think she killed their son. Um, was it wise to side with Ray Ray now because of that? I mean, it's so tough because we know that they assume that, but we haven't really seen their interactions with like Aegon, the the brat king. <laughs> so yeah. we don't really know that they're actually comparing the two. And it, even if they are, that's it's kind of rough. I I will say for me, there's 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 a couple things that are going in Rhaenyra's favor. Uh, the first being is that due to marrying Damon, um, Rhaenys's grandchildren um, are indeed on their side. Um, which I do think holds some sway there. Yeah. Uh, the second thing being that uh, the Valerians in general, um, I mean, Rhaenys was held captive uh, by, uh, uh, by the High Towers and basically saying, follow us or, or, uh, or perish. Um, and I'm pretty sure she didn't like that very much. <laughs> I'm also pretty sure uh, that them taking her dragon away she also didn't appreciate very much. Um, so I think those two things really do go in Rhaenyra's favor. My guess also is by talking to Rhaenyra, she gets a gut feel that Rhaenyra is telling the truth, that she did not have anything to do with her son's death um, directly. Um, she seems like a wise woman and also you know, to be honest, she even talked to Corliss about how they basically lost everything. So in some ways, there might also be a part of her. Uh, this is if we're saying that in this story, she has a deeper character, which, yeah. Um, but uh, that she might on a whim just be like, you know what? Let's have some fun here. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, I should have been on that throne a while ago. Um this is absolute BS, um, completely illegitimate. And uh, you know what? Let's have fun. Let's go. You know, and uh, 
that that's about it. But I I do think that had they joined the high towers, like that's a crushing victory, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. I I mean, you have the entire entire crown, uh, the entire crown's finances. You then have uh, the sea, and basically you're talking about a small house that does have dragons. But I mean, yeah. you know, you can strangle them. Well, I mean, yeah, if Otto was smart, he wouldn't have imprisoned her. He would have wined and dined her. Yep. <laughs> He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we will head to the part that everybody has been waiting for. All right. Our ratings and, well, there's no more, no more continue watching. Will you, will you wait three years to see it? Yes, yes. <laughs> will we continue watching when season two three comes? In a, in a normal time skip, but <laughs> a, a standard three-year time skip. So. Watch will be a day. <laughs> like it's been two days since last season. <laughs> You have you you have you have you have Jace who just looks like a grown man. He's got a beard now and everything. It's like, wow, what happened? So I I thought this episode was shot and directed beautifully. Uh, the scenes were potent and beautiful. The war room was really cool with the flames lighting up their battle map. While I am, yeah. yeah, that was that was beautiful. While I am mad about the stillbirth, I did think it was done beautifully with great meaning in the scene itself. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. does that make sense at all? Maybe not. But I feel like the way it was shot, the way they had her wrap her baby instead of the other people, the decisions they made inside of the scene, I felt did have meaning and I felt was beautiful. If it was just by itself and not looking at everything else and how gratuitous it's been. Imagining in a world <laughs> that the storyline was going this, well. This <laughs> yes. Scene. yes. So uh, this episode brought out a lot of emotions for me, more than say the other episodes. I think it was well written and layered compared to other episodes in this season. I do. Comparing it to other episodes in this season. I think the episode was closest. I know this is crazy. This episode, I'm not feeling the heat. <laughs> the episode was closest to the Game of Thrones quality than any of the other episodes. <laughs> These are my thoughts. I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. In the three years time it will take to air the next season, I hope the quality doesn't unravel and start back from square one. This is me just looking at the episode, guys, not wow. the storyline building up and all the problems. Wow. <laughs> That's my thoughts. What do you think? I think I think Legal's taking me out of the room. <laughs> wow. Eight five. Holy cow. All right. Uh, go ahead, Sash. <laughs> I didn't quite like it as much as last episode. <laughs> um, it, it, it is a minimum of what I was being realistic in my hopes for. Um, leaving us on a cliffhanger. Uh, the, the good was good, I will say. Uh, Quality-wise, with acting and cinematography, um, some of the scenes, uh, you know, if they're self-contained, 
but but I mean, there were some other scenes and some annoyingly not good writing tidbits and predictability that brought this down for me a lot. Um, I do want to say that birth could have uh, it meant a lot more than it did, but it was done in a, a far more heart wrenching way than um, some of the other ones we've seen. Um, and so they, they, they did pull that off well for what it was as a self-contained scene. Um, it wasn't, even though it should have, you know, seen what they actually showed and depicted, it should have been more like over the top violent. But um, I, I felt like it was just, yeah, it was just more, it was just more heart wrenching. And it wasn't like the other ones where it almost hit the realm of being silly with how like over the top it was, like, especially with her mom. Like it was, I almost chuckled like once. I was like, really? This is like silly. Um, but not with this one. This one was very serious and like I was very pulled into it. Um, but I do wish it was more meaningful or specifically delayed for a different episode. It didn't really add to the plot, which I, I can't say for her mother. Like that one, that one did. That one made sense plot wise. Um, I think this episode did a great job of setting up for the next season, though, um, which is what it needed to do. Um, I'm going to say maybe a 7.5, probably. I was thinking 8, just a tidbit uh, less good than the last one. But it's at least a full point less good than the last one um, with, with those tidbits I didn't like. And again, thinking of them again. So even overall, it was... It was really one of the better episodes, and I am pretty interested in season two. I do plan to watch it. It's not totally, this season hasn't totally redeemed itself for me yet. But honestly, with the more recent quality of the last few episodes, if they can keep on that track, I think it's going to get really quite good in future seasons. I'm still feeling this over here. Uh, so, um, let me see. Let me guess. Um, not reading. Uh, you hated it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in shock. I, I'll be honest. I am in complete shock. I haven't clicked our viewing audience to see what their thoughts are yet. Um, you you guys put your 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 one to tens out there now. I'll I'll get to them shortly. <laughs> It wasn't bullet points for once. They actually had a script. Yeah. It's so different. It did That's feel different. better than it used to be. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I, all right. I, I want to give a hot take, apparently. <laughs> I did not like this episode. In fact, I borderline hated it. Now, I'm going to agree with you in some parts. I did think that for the most part, the director shot it extremely well and had terrific cinematography minus a couple bad transition cuts. There were, if you if you were watching, there were some cuts that were very questionable. It's like, wow, that should not have been cut there. Like they made a mistake in the editing process. But you know what? The, the, script, the script that you are praising was basically a wall of exposition for large portions. I, I mean, it just was. There was no human value to it. It was just, oh, let us write exposition word for word for sentences on end. Uh, I, the stillbirth scene was beyond gruesome. 
and and quite frankly, bordering on tone deaf to anyone who has experienced loss of 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 a baby. And ultimately, it had no effect whatsoever. Even ten minutes later on the episode storyline, and you know what? I'll give it to you. Was that show? Was 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 that scene directed well? Yeah, aside for that crazy interspersing of like dragons while she's going through labor pains. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which I, I I think is on the director as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but was it was it cut well otherwise? Yeah, sure. You know, but it also had nothing to do with the episode. There was no meaning behind it. They didn't add anything to it. It added nothing. Nothing. It could be next episode. <laughs> I got two things to add, which might lower my points, but you'll like to hear them. Oh, okay. And and I, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I got, and, and, I'm just saying, I got things after you're done. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm in a fighting mood right now. <laughs> I, you know, as well, the sharp and inconsistent character turns, especially regarding both Rhaenyra and Aemond, I I just felt a mental disconnect to this episode. I did. I was watching this episode and I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not attached to this episode. I, I'm not, it's not that I'm not following it. It's not like that I'm not seeing what's going on. It's just that it lost me. Like it completely lost me. I, you know, because no matter how beautiful the cinematography or the capturing of a chase in a torrential downpour or the lighting of a stone table, can cover up such glaring weaknesses in this episode. In my opinion, the lone saving graces of this episode were the scenes uh, with Corliss uh, and the ability of the director to convey the audience the deer and headlights nature of people cast into diplomatic and military roles that they have had no training whatsoever for in both Rainier and Luke. I thought that was actually expertly done because you rarely see a shot where somebody comes into a position of authority and they're fumbling. They're, they're, they're naive, they're gullible, they aren't necessarily making great choices, they're doing it based off of what the previous person would have done instead of like thinking things through. I thought those were great. I thought they did a great job. Um, you know, and the scenes of Luke arriving in Storm's End and speaking uh, with uh, Boros, I thought were especially well done. You know, because to see a small kid riding in on a storm, like basically alone uh, against everyone and walking into this giant house and basically seeing his nemesis right already there uh, with a giant dragon ready to go. Like, yeah. And then the king basically goes ahead and yells at him and was like, kid, get out of here. Like, you bring me nothing. Like, why'd you even come? And... You know, Luke's like, oh, he has a point, actually. <laughs> like, I didn't really think this through. You know, I, I thought that was great, you know? But to me, all of that doesn't save this episode. I I know most people will probably really like this episode. I get it. There's a cliffhanger. There's a death scene, you know. murdering the episode. But Luke was murdered. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. But you know what? I, I give this... I'm being, I think, really nice here, quite frankly. I'm giving this a 5 out of 10, and that's being really nice. Really nice. Personally, I'd rate it lower, but I thought the director did a good job with what they had. Um, this is a D-plus episode for me. I thought it stunk. 
Um, go, go, go ahead, Sesh. Go, go and add your points as, as, as I look at our viewing audience. So one, that table was amazing and is worth at least like two to three points on its own. Uh, two, oh yeah, I forgot about the inner cup with the, the birthing and the dragon slices, like screeches. But yeah, that was bad. Okay, yeah, so that knocks it down. I totally forgot about that. It just, just yeah, but that was definitely like, why, why. Okay, three, I didn't bring this up, but you reminded me of it. Remember how Damon was like taking those two knights out to the dragon and that was inner cup with the birthing? Yeah. Oh, oh, we lost you for a second. And then, um, hi. Yeah, so, sorry, everyone. I, I, I broke back? the internet. Yeah, go, go, <laughs> go ahead. The internet is back. All right, so what I was saying is, uh, one, I forgot about the inner cutting with the dragon screeches in the birth, which, yeah, editing, okay, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, that's, that's bad. I'll knock it down a little bit for that with my writing. Um, whoops, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about the madness. Um, the other thing is that was also inner cut we saw with Damon doing all the plotting and stuff. You remember that scene where he, like, randomly takes out those two knights that are totally down with everything? And I was like, um, and, and, you know, one of the brunette boys, uh, the older one, I think, I was like, let me show you something about finding trust. <laughs> and it's like, you know, cut with her, you know, giving birth and suffering. And then we actually never go back to that scene or see what happened. No, no. <laughs> That's a good point. Those knights were totally being loyal and for this. And they weren't indicating any mistrust. And we also didn't see any, we literally had no conclusion to that scene. It was just thrown in there. Yeah. This, I will say this might actually be the worst edited episode with thinking about like those two things and then that dragon thing. Those are just such strong bridges that are just totally ignored. And stupid dragon screeches while giving birth. Yeah, I, 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 I'll... <laughs> I'll, I'll get off the rant just just to say I do think objectively that the editing in this episode was was not good. Um, it, it was not top notch. I mean, if you if you rewatch it, it's sometimes it's a little bit hard to catch at times. But if you see the scene transitions, it's like what what happened with the with the cutting <laughs> with with the cutting cutting room floor here in terms of editing this episode. So I, you know, again. I know my my take is 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 harsh, but I I think I think personally it deserves it. That this episode it, it did not do anything for me. I think it did a really nice job of dressing this up as Game of Thrones without it actually being Game of Thrones um, at all. And and I think they made it look very pretty. I thought they made it look very beautiful. I thought uh, they gave people the depth that they so wanted, even if it wasn't. The character that they wanted um but no like it, it was all window dressing it was all window dressing to me um which kudos to the director um i'm curious to see if you rewatch, you know episode one what your ratings would be for this one and that one oh <laughs> uh, yeah my, my ratings for one would be much lower like i i think i gave it like a like a two though didn't I? like yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't very high yeah it wasn't very high 
Um, all right, let's see what 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 other people said. Um, we have, I, I think Ooh. I saw it. Uh, Warren said, thank you for all the weeks of great coverage of House of the Dragon. You all have the most uh, sense out of everyone, and I enjoyed listening to it. The recap se session is his favorite. Oh, that is so sweet, Warren. Oh, my gosh. Such kind words. Uh, see you all next time. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Warren. Um, that was really kind of you. Uh, Bear went ahead, and he said 7.5 for him. Uh, solely because of the fire table. Yeah, the fire <laughs> table was awesome. You know, I can't deny it. Um, overall, uh, the season uh, was a six to me uh, with the music, outfits, and video effects carrying hard. Uh, yep, I don't think the season uh, needed to be 10 episodes. Could have been four at most with season two starting sooner. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a great point. Mm -hmm. um, we, might, uh, we might have an impromptu question after this with how we rate the season and go from there. I also wanted to add something because that brought up something that I didn't get the chance to compliment is what has been phenomenal throughout this whole season and on point with uh, Game of Thrones without missing a beat has been the costumes and wardrobe. Yep. That's looked phenomenal throughout. Everyone's felt like their houses. It's had the same elegance. Um, I it would have been interested to see if it was a little bit more period piece where, mm -hmm. you know, any time has passed. Uh, but it's okay if not. Like, that's fine. Um, but it's actually, the wardrobes have been amazing in this. Like, I really yeah. love the costumes a lot. Yeah, I, I think other than, uh, what was it, episode one? Episode one was not good. Yeah. But uh, every yeah, episode past that was tremendous uh, when it came to wardrobe. As far as sticking with period, it feels weird when um, Ray Ray, Ray uh, says the F word. It just doesn't feel like she's just like, <laughs> oh, F, like what? <laughs> this is thing to do in fantasy now. <laughs> that doesn't seem right for the time period. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, Warren rated this episode a five. Warren. You and me, man. We, we, we got this. We got this. You and me versus the world right now. Uh, oh, uh, Chris, uh, uh, he says, uh, good evening. Uh, uh, and uh, and Gus, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, and uh, Warren says the showrunners and writers have a birthing fetish. <laughs> I like how the birthing scenes, by the way, uh, were those all directed by by male directors? It's a good question. I I know this one was. I want to say. The first one was. I want to say the first one was. Um, I I don't know if if the middle one was, but um, uh, yeah, interesting, huh? <laughs> that, uh, I, At I'm, least the actresses could, you know, they could kill the scene without any <laughs> any of that help. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and I mean, uh, what uh, they have a female director for uh, three of the ten Something episodes like too, so so or four, yeah. So in interesting that that those weren't the ones that she directed uh, because she might have done maybe a little bit better job there of tying things together. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you, you have to know sometimes, like maybe it wasn't the director who was like. Throw in a screeching dragon <laughs> after she groans in labor pain. 
<laughs> I like how I was the had that suggestion, suggestion, and then who approved it. <laughs> I like I was I was the one of the three of us to bring that up in the first place, and every, and, and then both I of you are, are like are like wait a second. <laughs> I blacked it out of my mind. I believe. <laughs> They just skipped it, but 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 yeah, that's what I was saying. One of the scenes he was doing. That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I I don't recommend a rewatch of this episode, but but if you do, we'll see if your ratings go down a little bit. Um, I yeah, they will. <laughs> are we? Oh, when are we announcing our next show? Oh yes, yes. Well, we can't <laughs> do the outro yet, can we? Um, so. And we're already we're already one hour and twenty minutes in. This isn't even going to get uploaded to, to, <laughs> to anywhere. But thank you for joining us. Um, we uh, I, I think we do have have one quick question. We've been talking about it now. I mean, I'd also say post uh, in the comments if you'd like an overall recap of season one because maybe we can spend an episode just recapping season one and what we're doing if we want to put in an extra burn link. Sure. Um, uh, in there. Um, what is each of your overall ratings uh, for this uh, for, for the this season? season? Yep. Um, so now that I'm going to rate low. Um, while I did, I still sticking by, I like this last episode. I feel like overall 4.5 because the entire story, if we look at the, the entire story as a whole, is a hot mess. I mean, an actual hot mess. The 4.5 is for the cinematography and the music at times is beautiful and the effort they took at, you know, directing and shooting it and everything like that. That's what that's for. But the storyline, what on earth? Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I, I'd go similarly. Um, I'd go between a 3.5 and a 4. Um, I do think that the, that the cinematography, the costumes, the music, um, uh, those all, for the most part, were pretty great. But the character development, um, uh, the plot, uh, the dialogue, I thought all of those were very substandard. And that this should have been rewritten re multiple times uh, before getting to, uh, to, to, to air. So for me, it would be a... Based off of season one, it would be a do not renew. Um, but then again, they said uh, that season one was a bonus season that was tacked on. Um, it was not actually part of the pilot. They basically threw season one together because they were given the money and funding uh, by HBO to do this. The series was supposed to start and where the pilot hit was for this next episode. Wow. Or maybe starting episode nine or ten or whatever it might be. All those first episodes, they were all tacked on to give uh, history, so that such that they didn't have to do as much character development in season two. That was according to uh, the uh, director, uh, showrunner. Sorry, showrunner. It's really not a good choice, um, but I do really hope that's true because I feel like there was definitely a uh, spike in quality towards the end. Um, but yeah, I would probably say maybe, 
gosh, yeah, maybe around a four. Like, I'm trying to think back on the show if there were, like, any, like, good moments. And it's, like, two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, maybe. (laughs) And they weren't even, like, great moments at all. It's, like, and then, like, likable characters. uh, Again, two. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's there's just, like, it doesn't have a lot going for it. It really doesn't. Um, I'm hoping, you know, next season is good and it's just gonna be like oh yeah don't even watch season one it's no it's pointless mm-hmm. like just uh this person uh maybe accidentally uh killed this other person's um youngest son when they were fighting for who's gonna be on the throne and so then that you know uh jump starts the war that was already gonna happen done there you go you gotta know. <laughs> like at this you re- like it's so yeah it, it was it was pretty pointless they, i think they wasted a lot of money and um yeah i'm not gonna watch again and they really could have focused on something that was uh more quality um than quantity so yeah maybe a four out of ten is a, is a season maybe <laughs> all right so so one final question before we go to the outros is would you be willing to cover season two of this show, whenever it might be, three years in the future, two years in the future, four, after after the Jon Snow sequel? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, yes, I'm curious. I would I would do this. I I saw enough potential towards the end, and especially if they're not just BSing us and they actually put effort into this stuff that they have the time to make. Um, cause yeah, this, this show felt like a rush job like that. That would actually explain a lot of it. Um, but you know, I mean, if someone's going to give you a pile of money and just here, come do something like I, it makes sense. Like that does actually explain, explain a lot of it. So I'm hoping, um, I, I have a lot of hope for, for the season two. I, I, I'm, yep. Yeah, I agree with Sush. I have some hope for the next season and I'm, I'd watch it. I mean, I don't have a ton of hope based off of how they <laughs> handle it, but enough interest, enough wondering, will they do it well or won't they do it well is really my question. <laughs> That's what I'm curious about. You don't want to see what happens. You're just curious if it's actually going to be good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, I, I'd say no. However, I will say, I will say that the fact that technically the show hasn't actually started yet does give me some pause to completely write it off. Um, I don't know when what went into making the season. I don't know how rushed it was. I don't know how it was thrown together. I don't know if basically they were set to start filming for season two and HBO's like, oh no, 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 we greenlight you to write uh uh to 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 write basically uh uh introduction sequence to this. Like because honestly that's what that first episode felt like. That first episode felt absolutely thrown together. And uh then like as the episodes went on they got clearer and clearer. So you know for me I I'd say this might be a network basically hurting its own show by forcing this to have been rushed out beforehand. So 
I am willing to watch season two for that reason, but I'll be completely honest. If I see a show and it goes like, like this did in terms of the writing and the characters, I, I wouldn't have even lasted the full season. I'd be like, I'm out. This, this is not for me. So, but, but I am willing to give it season two just for that reason. This show never would have had the popularity of Game of Thrones. Not not a chance on its own. Yeah. All right. Uh, We're going to see what the people say, and then we are going to leak what our next show is going to be. Um, So Bear says, uh, it's very interesting to see people who never watched Game of Thrones enjoy this show. I've seen a lot of them out there on my timeline. I I don't get it either. I I, I do not. I'm I'm happy for them. You know they're gonna get to experience Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I, and they'll get to the end where it's like, oh, that's where things are like this. <laughs> yeah, he also said I have zero interest in rewatching the season. Uh, where in the past I used to rewatch Game of Thrones seasons like two to three times before the next season. I'm definitely down to watch season two as the show uh, seemed um, it it got some meaning uh, by the last three episodes. So yeah, it seems like like Bear is pretty much saying a lot of what what we're saying here. Um, I I agree. I. I probably this is so sad, uh, but yeah, I even if we do a season two. And we should do our research and you know <laughs> re-go over our thoughts from the previous season. I don't I don't see myself doing this for this. Like I'll I'll go ahead and I'll look at a recap and, and go from there. Like I don't think oh. I'm missing that much. No, there's yeah. not enough depth for that to be worth it. I ra- I'd rather listen to us in this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We might we might have to re-listen just to the recaps of <laughs> the first ten episodes. <laughs> Yeah, add to our viewership. <laughs> we'll we'll even like twice in some of the episodes. <laughs> and, and Bear Bear is a great podcast uh, series, by the way. Really appreciate everyone's perspective. Thanks, thanks, Bear. We we really do appreciate it. So, drum roll, please. All right. After great discussion off screen and uh, basically uh, being told what we're doing, <laughs> um, we have decided that based off of timing, um, when the next show is going to be, we are going officially with The Witcher. That is right. To your Witcher, Valley of Plenty. There we oh go. There we go. Getting ready. We believe that if uh, we basically start now, um, uh, we can cover uh, the first two seasons, in which case we will be right on board and ready to go for season three uh, when it launches. Now, Sesh, you have seen this show. Um, a little this bit. one is the show I have seen, but I am actually very excited to rewatch it, uh, especially in preparation for the next season. Okay. Um, I will try to give it my, uh, uh, my, my fresh eyes on it with uh, what I remember was happening. You know, what I remember was uh, good or bad or confusing or cool. And that just what my first impressions were. So I'm excited to relive it and uh, be reminded of all those memories. 
Out, outstanding. Uh, now, Maria and I, we have not. No uh, idea what it's about. I am familiar with the with the game, although the, not the complete series or the uh, or the historical uh, uh, background. Uh, same, of it. same here. I only ever played the third game, and only the one time through. So uh, we are excited to do this. Hopefully, uh, you guys all are excited as well. And um, I think we will probably do um, their recap episode uh, next week for the season one. We'll lay some questions okay. down, um, go from there as we start with the uh, uh, getting ready for the next season, which would then fall in two weeks. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> Exciting. Um, so, again, thank you so much for joining us this evening and watching to the end. Uh, it is not easy uh, watching and listening to an entire thing for an hour and a half. So uh, we appreciate your tenacity. Um, granted, part of it is uh, is is because uh, you are uh, masochists like us uh, watching this show for hours on end. So, you know, um, <laughs> why not watch something else talking about that show? for an hour and a half, you know? So we we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate all your support and uh, hopefully we brought you uh, some intelligent conversation, uh, laughs and uh, some hot takes tonight, apparently, uh, because again, we're still not <laughs> seeing what the rest of, uh, of, the, uh, of the viewership is seeing uh, for this show, but uh, you know, I guess it's on, on, on the upswing. I guess for most of you, not me. Um, but, um, <laughs> they just don't want the swing. You like the other episodes that were leading to this? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I did. Um, this 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 last episode confirmed some of my worries, but you know, it's it it is. It's on the upswing. Uh, you can't you can't go down much lower than where it started. So um, it's um, again, it's your support that makes it all all worth it um uh you know and uh again if you like this show please like share subscribe uh heart it um do the likey things if you hated this show uh please call john please <laughs> yeah yeah call call my personal hotline <laughs> to complain about it and you know we'll hit it off grab grab a drink or something i i don't know um but yeah if you hated this show Please make sure to like this twice, uh, you know, because we keep metrics of it. Uh, we see how many times you like this show. And believe me, you really show your anger and rage by doing that. And we will change this show specifically for you. Um, all right. Our next episode will be uh, Monday, October. Wow, we're doing this Halloween night, huh? October 31st, is that Halloween? That is Halloween, that is isn't Halloween. it? Halloween. Oh. oh. Spooky. Interesting. <laughs> that seems like a very poor choice by us. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but we will be dropping the next episode uh, after you are in your, uh, your candy coma. Um, uh, so Monday, October 31st. Uh, 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we will do, be doing our season one recap. Maybe we'll give some uh, fake awards out. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask some questions. What could we do better? And uh, what uh, can we do better? <laughs> yeah, what can we do better? 
Yeah, hire hire a new intern. I already know that's been on the list every single episode so far. So. Um, and then in two weeks, uh, this would be uh, Monday, November seventh at eight p.m. Pacific, eleven p.m. Eastern. Season one pilot of The Witcher um, should be enjoyable. So. Without further ado, um, yep, same time next week. Until next time, could you do it better? Point to your witcher. <laughs> New song. <laughs> New theme. All right. Thank you all. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night. End of season one. <laughs>